Hey, what's going down? Friggin' rainy Thursday morning, leaving the campus after administering my, administering my first exam for the second part of anatomy and physiology, right? So I'm walking, it's raining, and I'm friggin' got all these tests, 60 odd tests bound up in a bag, in a paper bag with handles on, like a shopping bag. That's how I do it, you know. I take your done with your test, put it in the bag, one on top of the other. I leave. I come with the bag. I, they fill it up. I distribute the friggin' tests. They complete their work. They fill the bag back up, and I leave. Um, walking through the parking lot, you know, briskly because I don't want the tests to get wet. And a woman's all friggin' covered up and crazy galoshes and a raincoat and all this stuff. And she says, uh, you know, he was nice enough. She managed a nice smile. And uh, kind of an elderly woman, she says, What a day! Yeah, what a day. And she meant because it was raining out, because it was kind of an ugly day. I don't know what to say about that other than, Suck that shit up, Granny. We don't know what to do. It's, it's Once again, it's very perplexing what exactly to do how we should behave regarding the weather. Imagine us emerging from our caves and standing at the mouth of our of our cave with the family and saying, oh, it's raining out today, guys. Hunting and gathering is going to be tough. Meet you back here at lunchtime, you know? We're still doing that in a way. We look at the, we check the weather now. We can see the meteorologists have some notion if there's a major storm coming, some precipitation likely, and as much shit as we give them, you know, they're somewhat accurate. They could tell us that it was probably, in the rain was probably in the forecast today. It's 55 degrees in January. All right, what are you going to do? So, very cool stuff I've been, I've been uh, listening to lately. I'm reading this book. I already plugged it once. It's called Unfuckology. And it's a very scientific approach to behavioral health and basically how to unfuck ourselves. A woman, I guess, has written some other books. They've used off-color language, which is a joy to me. And she sounds pretty smart. So it's a scientific basis. So we're talking about things, physical action. She says, uh, uh, I was just sharing this with a buddy yesterday, too. Um, a physical action is like a joystick. Action is a joystick for our emotions. So if we're feeling like we are depressed, angry, anxious, otherwise having a bad day, the best thing that you can do is to do something rather than feeling. It's almost like you're, you're sitting there paralyzed by that emotion and then you think about it so much that you perpetuate it in a way. Oh my goodness, I can't get out of this emotion. So what you really, one of the best therapies for that is to physically move. Um, and so I've been using this myself. Constantly moving, stretching, um, jumping out of the rock in the morning, trying to administer some sort of first aid just to get myself in the right place to perform for the day. You know, I want to be, I got to be at the school. 
I got to get through all these things. Got to get the kids out to the bus stop. We all have these commitments and these things. We don't just roll from the rack of the day uh, in the morning and just kind of like, all right, la-di-da, man, let's take my time. You got a schedule you got to meet. You got, you got goals. You got things that you need to do in order to have a successful quote-unquote day. It'd be great if we could just kind of chill out and walk back into our cave when it's raining, right? But that's not the way it works. So action is a joystick for the emotions. I recommended that to a friend yesterday who's got some issues and down the dumps. Move, let's go. Do what we can do. Um, So there's that. She's also talking about smiles. So she shared that if we smile, you know, we, like we've all heard that it, it takes more muscles to frown than it does smile. So why are people always have these long faces on? So we should smile. And they did a study on individuals and found that when people were stimulated to smile, like for instance, when people take Botox and to reduce the wrinkles, basically it's a toxin that paralyzes the muscles, the facial muscles, so that it can relax the facial muscles and therefore um, in strategic areas this would be administered and it would relax the facial muscles and alleviate wrinkles. So we do it for cosmetic reasons mostly, right? Or they do it. Talk to the authors specifically talking about the West Coast, how it's very prompt, very common for people to get Botox injections. I know patients who for headaches have gotten Botox injections. So I've seen the effects of it. Sometimes it could be therapeutic, can relieve pain, headaches, all that shit. Um, So the study was that they found that people who smile more in some controlled manner, like you got to smile. I want you to smile, do your best for the next hour, you're going to smile as much as you possibly can, and we're going to track you. There you go, I'm smiling right now. It's an artificial one. You're kind of forced. When you smile, and you're subsequently uh, evaluated in some way, you actually feel better. Your your subjective values for um, your feel-good, how you feel, if you were to be asked later, how, how was your day? you'd be more likely to, if you were to smile and laugh throughout the day, you'd be more likely to say, oh, I had a pretty good day. And so you got to smile as much as you possibly can. And you got to laugh as much as you can, even if you need to force it. (laughs) You know, there's something called laugh therapy that I've always been interested in, where presumably you get together and, I don't know, maybe there's a, maybe you watch uh, some comedy, or listen to it, or engage in some, tell some jokes, and you can imagine this, sitting around telling some jokes, and how, how do people behave as those jokes are told, how do they, how do they smile, even if it's a corny ass joke, okay, like, uh, this old guy told me this joke the other day, that I told everybody, it was, um, how long is a Chinaman? And so it's, he's freaking guys like in his 80s. How long is a Chinaman? So you're asking, if people don't know what to do with this. Like I told my father over the phone, who's been having some health concerns, and he, he's like, ah, I don't know, uh, how long is a Chinaman? You could tell that he was, 
he knew that that he needed to laugh and chuckle and think about it, and I kind of put him on the spot. And I think it broke it broke up his processing of that joke. It broke up the monotony and whatever he was dealing with, his troubles, whatever. So, how long is a Chinaman? It's his name. His name is how long. You know, sometimes Chinese people have, you know, have funny sounding names to Westerners. Long Duck Dong, or Hung Low, or something like that, right? So, imagine people sitting around, telling jokes, dirty or otherwise, and how that gets a rise out of people. How does that make people feel? When you watch something funny, you see something that's amusing, it puts a smile on your face. It changes your behavior. So we need to smile and we need to laugh as much as we possibly can. Also, what does a sad person look like? If you were to mimic them uh, physically, you would frown. You would kind of hunch over and round your shoulders and appear as though you were going into the fetal position like gravity tends to push us down it's always working on us anyway right gravity is conspiring to hold us to this earth and um, every day we are fighting against its forces and using its forces for to stay in shape perform daily activities etc but Gravity tends to hunch us over, and when we're when we're sad, we let it. And so, even on, especially on a day like today, where it is raining, it is kind of ugly out. Looks like a black and white uh, TV show or something like that. When the weather kind of pulls the color out of the day, try to find the beauty in it and defy gravity. Stand up nice and straight, posture erect, look forward. Look at the people that you're de- you're interacting with, because we can change our mind via our body language. This is what she's essentially saying. Um, in taking that action, like the action being a joystick, how can we hack our body and improve our life? How can we improve our mind, which is running so much? Our emotions. We're having a bad day, where we're gonna freaking. We're going to hunch over. We're going to be sad. We're not going to interact with people. We're not going to be on top of our game. People are not going to want to um, hang out with us or interact with us. They'll pick up on that, that we're sad. And then they're going to be sad. Right? So it's a chain reaction. It very much is. We have to defy this sort of tendency. And so this is something that I've told stories in the past about um, hey, Oberst, you, you know, my senior drill instructor said, who looks at the ground? I was, he came around the corner when I was in recruit training. I let my guard down. He came around the, I came around the corner and there he was standing. He was a little guy, but jacked and powerful in so many ways. And I averted my eyes, my gaze. I looked away. I, I blinked, essentially. And he said, hey, Oberst, come here. You know who looks at the ground? Losers. And there was the lesson. I stood up nice and straight. I looked him in the eye. I spoke up. I shared with my a peers the other day in lab uh, as I was giving roll call, trying to trying to learn everybody's name, you know? Giving roll call, and 
I said, Elabel. And she kind of issued me one of these. Like a half-ass, I'm present, you know, I'm here. And I used it to, you know, here I am. I'm Listen, I'm freaking tired. I'm, I don't necessarily want to be sitting in lab dissecting cats, but I'm not going to let you know that. Uh, I've got a performance to give. I've got to inspire you to learn this information. And so I, re- I retold a story about when I was in boot camp where if you wanted to speak to the senior drill instructor, again, this powerful, intimidating um, leader of ours that we respected and you know loved. He was like our mother, our father, our friends, our everything. He was just there for us. And, but you didn't talk to him like about some bullshit. You're not shooting the shit with him. You have um, you have to request to speak to him. And so you go up to his little hut where he lives, called the senior dr- senior drill instructor hut. And you there was a a handprint on the wall. It was a red background and a yellow handprint, and you had to slap it three times and request to speak to Senior Drill Instructor Staff Sergeant Hanky. So you could go like this, and he would not friggin' let you in. You don't knock weakly. I mean, you, you, you need to friggin' really pound on this thing in order to get their attention. And the whole idea was like, man, you got to be assertive, you, you know, you got to stand up straight, you got to be a Marine, you know. And I did it kind of half-assed the first few times, and then he said, hey, Elvis, go away, don't friggin', don't come at me with some half-assed shit. So then I came back, and I was like, I went to turn around and, and I'd give up, and then I said, fuck that. I went back, and I slapped it so hard three times as fast as I possibly could and as hard as I possibly could to my hand ached and burned it was beat red I said sorry recruit over request mission speech to senior show drill instructor search yeah see I fucked it up here we go again sorry recruit over request mission to speak to senior drill instructor staff sergeant hacking sir even louder even more powerful even more passionate than that and in doing so, he was like, what do you want? And I would come in and he'd give me the time of day. I thought it was a tremendous lesson that I try to pay forward. Um, finally, as this rain comes down, in Unfuckology, this morning she's talking about how we can use a mantra, okay, which is something that we repeat to ourselves. And you might think of the Saturday Night Live skit, uh, Stuart Smalley. I think it's Stuart Smalley. I'm good enough. I'm a doggone it. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And people like me. And, you know, how silly. Oh, how silly is it that, that you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to give you this daily affirmation. Tell yourself how positive you are or how, how wonderful you are. But I think it's a good practice, and uh, in Unfuckology, the, the author, Amy Alcon, her version of it is that you say, you pick a word, something that really means something to you. So, to me, it's love, you know? I think when I say love, that is what I try to express. I think of family and friends 
and my children and my wife and all they have to be thankful for and all that is good in this world, to me it's derived, it's trackable back to love. And so by saying love, 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 love in a weak moment or strength, 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 win, 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 power, 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 success, success, success. Or I could even repeat, Sir, this is Crew Roberts Crest Mission. Speak to Senior General Director Staff Sergeant Hank, sir. I could say that, and that would bring me back mentally, make me recollect that period of time in my life where I, I learned that lesson, and it would kind of wake me up. And so she describes this as like, you know, a savings account or a piggy bank. You know, you're putting, you're depositing. Every time I say love, 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 love. Calm, 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 calm. I am driving a pathway in my mind that is a positive pathway. That is one that is feel makes me feel good and makes me persevere and be successful for that time, for that time period. And so I'm going to use that, and I'll forget, and I'll go back to it, but you know, there's, there's so many lessons that I've learned throughout my life that have to do with exactly what she's talking about. How we need to correct our posture, stand up nice and straight, defy it. Defy the posture, defy the forces that are pressing down on you. Again, it is like your anatomy and physiology wants to... It, it, if you don't animate it, if you don't choose to stand up straight and look forward and shake people's hand firmly and look them in the eye then gravity is just going to push everything down. Your shoulders will round, your head will go forward, you'll look at the ground, you'll feel bad. So when you feel, you, so you don't want to feel bad, so by making a physical change, standing up straight, taking a deep breath, scanning the area, being assertive, saying your mantra to yourself, you know, it could be completely quietly. It could be completely silently that you're doing this, or it could be something that you are driving on your commute and you're getting stressed out. You just say, calm, 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 love, love, love. I think love is a good one because we've all experienced it and we all um, have been changed forever by the love of a spouse or a child or an animal, or dogs and cats, or the people that are in our life that are very positive influences. On that note, I'm going to share with you a little quote that I shared this morning, which I think is awesome. And here it is. It should be the driving force for all of us. Whether you realize it or not, you are someone's reason to be better. And so as I approach the day, and I have my goals and things that I want to get done and, and you know, I want to have a successful day. Um, you know, I've been under quite a bit of stress recently. I mentioned my father's in the hospital having a procedure. We've got, um, you know, I've got business to run. I've got students depending upon me, my family depending upon me. Um, there's always something going on in our lives. But I am someone's reason to be better. A lot of people look to me 
and maybe listen to this podcast because I have something positive to say, positive to share, or I've made an impact in their life. And uh, that means a lot to me. It means a lot to me when people come into my office just to say hello because I haven't, they haven't seen me in a while and they used to train Dr. Drill or they're a patient or they, they say something kind to me. Um, we shared time. It really means the world when somebody walks in and immediately, immediately changes me. Like when my friend Realtree Camouflage came in yesterday. You know? We stood in many a field, dirt up to our friggin' all over us, basically. Stood in the mud, doing, in the civilian sector, doing side shuttle hops and running down trails and crossing creeks and having adventures. And it was the craziest thing. And some people might listen to this and say, that's fucking stupid. I would never do that. Why would you do that? Why do you need somebody to yell at you? Listen, I'm just a motivational figure. I'm not, I, everything I do, it is from the perspective of love. I'm not trying to be hard on people. Although a lot of people need that. They need somebody. I don't know where it comes from. Maybe something missing in their lives, but in their upbringing, like, like all of us, but they need somebody to tell them what to do and to, and to believe in them and to, to take a vested interest. And so I try to be that person. I've been that person for a lot of fucking people, whether we're talking about Dr. O or Dr. Drill or Aaron Oberst, I've tried to be there for folks. And every day, if I know somebody's got an issue or got a problem or if, there's, if they need a helping hand, I already sent a bunch of birthday messages out on Facebook. That's an awesome feature. I already reached out to some people who I knew were having a rough week. And that's not, I'm not cool about that. I, it's, it's not okay with me that somebody would be struggling, having a bad day. It happens to us all. But I want to be one of those people that they remember when they were frowning, that I was smiling. That I was fucking trying to help them. And that's what it was like this morning when I, students are handing in their exams. First of all, I told them last night, hey, I hope you're feeling the love because I want you all to do great. And so I hope that put them at ease a little bit and put them in the right frame of mind to take a test. To show what they learned to make me proud. You know? So that we can have this relationship, this scholastic exchange where they remember this subject that's so important to their future as a nurse or a doctor or whatever that they remember it in a positive sense, right? That's what I want, and so that's what I, my goal was today. And as they handed in their papers, and some of them maybe they weren't confident or they're shy or whatever, I said, hey, how you doing? What's going on? How you feeling? Have a great day. When they feel like, you know, they've just been challenged, they've been mentally taxed, taking this exam, they might be worried or thinking about a particular test question, and I'm here to tell them it's going to be fucking okay. And I'm here to tell you it's going to be okay today, as long as you stand up fucking straight and look people in the eye and be good to everyone in your life. Be positive. Be the source of goodness in this world. It's a niche right now. There's a niche for people like that. Fill it. Fucking idiots. (laughs) 